We are back again for part two of uh, of the feminism past and present. And so basically in this episode, we're going to recap everything that uh, the rest of the boys said in the previous episode. And also mention any any other points that me and, uh, me and Penithan thought that they should have mentioned. Yeah. So um, I think we should maybe start with one of the first points they made was the point of... Uh the point of the religion yeah i think uh stefan <laughs> stefan was saying that esteban uh, it was esteban sorry <laughs> my apologies uh, esteban was saying that religion sort of uh, enforces was it esteban am i getting that right esteban yeah yeah uh yeah i think it was him that was saying that uh religion sort of enforces or maybe is the origin of feminism i think aaron was saying that as well and uh yeah thanos was saying that it was more more that it enforces and uh yeah more that it enforces feminism than than causes it what do you think about that i I, yeah i definitely agree especially with um with more middle eastern countries who have Mm -hmm. i guess i mean it's not really my opinion to say but outdated views on uh on the roles that females have yeah Yeah, and it it just it can impact everything especially with the voting I i don't exactly know how uh, what yeah. the rules are in like Saudi Arabia or Dubai or wherever, well, it definitely impacts it. Yeah, yeah. I think the issue with a lot of these religions is you have to look about when they were actually written. Uh, yes, and I think definitely. when you write a book like this and you write a book about values and about how you should live your life in a way, though those uh, types of texts are really reflective of the period mm-hmm. that they're written in. So maybe I don't think that uh, religion or the Bible, uh, for example. Um, is a cause of uh, of inequality, but I think that it's uh, definitely an enforcer because yeah. it's a script that people follow, uh, you know, to the text. People really used to uh, lead their lives, and although I think there's a lot of good stuff in the Bible mm-hmm. that uh, teaches you how to live a good life, that it's uh, very much uh, a mirror that reflects the inequality of the time. And if yeah. we keep on referring back to that, that's that's where mm-hmm. the issue arises. I think so. It really doesn't force it. Maybe it's not the cause. Yeah. Because throughout, like human life in general, adaptation has been a a main thing, mm-hmm. and so with with the but with the Bible especially, it, it doesn't reflect modern times at all. And uh, exactly. yeah, I think obviously, like you said, there are many like good things about the Bible, and I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you know some people may follow it too much, and I think that can have an impact on the way they actually think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so a... I, I want to speak about. Uh, I can't remember who mentioned it, but they were. I think it was Aaron again, who spoke about gender roles mm-hmm. and how they used to be and how they have changed. Yeah. So what what do you think? Like, try like related to your experience first. So how how do you think, or like in your life in general, what did like the parents say that? Did your parents ever tell you that you should do this, and then your sisters? Uh, you should do that or how did they no my parents were they were pretty good about that they always I mean obviously spending the same amount of money on education for both of us encouraging us both to pursue careers Uh, I mean there was never any talk of like uh, your role is to become Mm -hmm. a housewife or anything like that that was completely out of the question no but I think that uh, it's not too long ago that that was really the case and I think a lot of issues arise from that culture in a sense Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'll get uh, I'll get to that more later when I talk about equality of opportunity versus equality of outcome. But mm-hmm. yeah, superficially, that's my opinion on it. 
Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? I think, well, my yeah, it's the same in my parents. They never, ever said, you should do this. I mean, okay, yeah. me and me and my brother, it's only us. We don't have a sister. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we can't. Such parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but no, like, they never, ever said, like, that you should, yeah. um, you know, you, you should be the man of the family and you should go yeah. out working. Like, they just, it's, they enforced a lot of education. That's always been a, yeah. a staple of my family is education. Like, all, everyone, uh, so my first cousins, they all went to university me and my brother went gone to university i think that's just it just try and try and be independent and i think if if they had a sister if they had another child um another sister for us i think they would have they would have said the same thing to be honest yeah i think we should go more into that and more into i think me and you were both uh, talking before about jordan peterson's debate or jordan yeah. peterson's view on feminism yeah i think, I think that, he has an excellent view yeah he does but i have some holes i'd like to take yeah just before that, like uh, I think it was slightly off topic, but I think it's worth mentioning because they talked about it quite a bit. Was mm-hmm. um, abortion and abortion laws? Oh yeah, yeah. What what's your opinion on on that? It's really difficult because mm-hmm. I would never ever abort a child. I don't think. Uh, but at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> no, as in like <laughs> no, because they were mentioning like if the woman like when the woman has a choice and then. Yeah, yeah like obviously they have to tell the man but like yeah, yeah, sure. and he, again even if even if i was a woman <laughs> I, I don't think i could ever abort a child but it's it's free it's your own body at the end of the day okay. so you can do what you want so for I you from understand. a moral standpoint you kind of see abortion as taking away um harry said um something about embryos so like when they were like two weeks old, he's um, so like at that point he's I don't want to quote him because mm-hmm. <laughs> well um, he said something like they're, they're not human then so you yeah. you can't really say that, that you're taking away a human life as such but yeah I also don't quote me on that I don't want <laughs> I don't want to no, no, quote something. I think that's what he had that's yeah so it was something along those lines course. and yeah. Um, yeah I think in some societies as well they they actually don't have a choice right as in. They don't, as in they, 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 yeah, they, yeah, they have to give birth. That's, oh, and it's illegal. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, That's the main thing. That, yeah, about it's it. like I, I don't think it should be illegal because mm-hmm. if you're, um, if you're a woman who, uh, I think Esteban said had a one night stand or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, you had no money, you had no connections to your family. Like, how, how is it fair for the woman to raise that child, and how is it yeah. fair on the child as well? So it should always be an option, but. Yeah, I I personally disagree with it if it was me. Okay, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the issue does arise from there. I would say that in an ideal world, all abortions would happen before, like, life develops, let's say, when it's Mm -hmm. still at the embryo stage. Obviously, there's going to be complications, and there's going to be times when that's not the case, and that's not possible. And that's where the morality of of it comes into play slightly more. But uh, I think some people also take the argument that if you're, um, having an abortion even at the early stage you're kind of taking away the potential for life Pen, yeah. and that's that's where I don't really agree because I mean I've cock blocked some guys and in a sense that's also <laughs> taking away the potential for life you know <laughs> but yeah if you talk about it like how far back do you go in a sense I think there I don't know exactly the science behind it but there should be a point where you can say uh, there is a point where you can say that life is born maybe you can if you take kind of the veganism uh, debate which is uh trying to reduce pain and suffering mm-hmm. then it's at the point where the 
embryo can start to feel pain, let's say. Yeah. Cut it off. But yeah, in an ideal world, it would all happen before. And I think, yeah, I definitely think that it should be legal. I, I think that should be legal. Be, that it should be legal to have an abortion. I think, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Choice and uh, when you think about it, all these laws I think this is the main issue people have with it is all these laws are made by wealthy white men, exactly. <laughs> and it's, they're not really representative, and it's like, why, why mm-hmm. do you get to choose what I do with my body? And exactly, I, think, I mean, I don't really agree with the moral argument for uh, anti abortion, but that argument is much stronger for me. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the I think the argument that we wanted to mention, something we feel wasn't really talked about enough in the podcast, the original podcast. Uh, is the idea of equality of opportunity versus equality of outcome. And I think, yeah, we're going back to Jordan Peterson's debate over this because I think we're both, uh, yeah. I want to say big fans, but... <laughs> I, we, we agree with most of his I think statement. he definitely makes a valid point mm-hmm. and he offers a different perspective on it. And so what Jordan Peterson says, and he quotes a few statistics on this, he sort of says, well, if you present the world with equality of opportunity, if you have complete equality of opportunity, between men and women, the quality of outcome won't necessarily be, I mean, there won't necessarily be equality of outcome. And he mm-hmm. uses uh, Scandinavia as an example here. And he says that in Scandinavia, it's um, the place where feminism is most uh, prominent, it's where they're most progressive in this sense. And he says, as soon as you start to, uh, as we've seen with them, as soon as you start to provide more equality of opportunity, you start to see that not only is it not reflected in the outcome, but it's actually worse. So you start to see that as soon as you present more equality of opportunity uh, due to what he calls the uh, genetic differences mm-hmm. in uh, personality traits, you actually see uh, more women uh, migrate to one industry and more men, I think he uses engineering as an example. Yeah. He says uh, that more men migrate to uh, the engineering side. And he sort of says, well, if that's the case, then equality of opportunity is definitely favorable for society. But equality of outcome isn't necessarily favorable. Yeah, and I think that's uh, yeah, that's a, a sum up of his argument. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, uh, what, what do you think about that argument? I agree because naturally, like the women, naturally take up more of a like nurturing role than men. So it's natural that more women will go to a different sector, more men will go to another sector. Like you said with the engineering. But, I mean, in Scandinavian, like in Scandinavian countries, and as well in the Netherlands they have a very different approach even to stuff like crime so i don't i don't know how relevant that would be to like you know in america or even even in the uk and i think another argument that he said um when they were talking about he was getting attacked actually by um by a feminist and that she argued that most men take up um high position roles in most businesses and FTSE 100 companies yeah and then at first, you're thinking to yourself, like, wow, that, okay, that's, that shouldn't be the case. But then Jordan Peterson was saying, oh, basically, it's not the fact that um, women aren't given those opportunities. It's the fact, do women even want that for themselves? Or do men even want that for themselves? Because mm-hmm. it's such a, being in a, a FTSE 100 company or in a, you know, a large business, being the CEO, you're going to have an incredible amount of stress added to you. Mm-hmm. So when I was uh, studying sociology at A-level, we, uh, one of the, um, the statistics that was still in my mind, is still in my mind today, is twice as many men uh, are more likely to, um, to develop mental health issues 
than women anyway and especially with ones and especially in high position roles the added stress will lead to that as well mm-hmm. so it's not, again it's not the fact that women aren't given an opportunity it's like why why would you want to be in such a high position that adds yeah. so much stress but because uh, i'm like in some business like if you're a thing of it is if you're a business owner right and you want to employ a ceo mm-hmm. and then the best one out of everyone that you've interviewed is a woman and then yeah. they mentioned this in the other in the in part one as well um if that woman says that she wants children like that will 100 percent affect your choice in choosing yeah, her because yeah, yeah. Exactly. so that that for me is really unfair but at the same time i can understand if any business owner would not want to choose a woman because at the end of the day it's, they're investing a large amount of money into their business they want it to be as efficient as possible but i think if yeah. there was any way to make it as efficient as possible to um to have the business you know remain remain again as efficient as it can mm-hmm. where while she's gone then yeah but uh, i don't know how anyone would overcome that particular mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. yeah i think this is yeah, this is where I find that uh, Jordan Peterson's argument is sort of um, oversimplified. And I think the main issue with his argument is that he states that he kind of makes the fundamental assumption that all of these traits, well, what he says, I think, uh, I can't remember the exact the exact personality traits that he mentions, but mm-hmm. he says, for instance, men are more likely to be successful because men's personality traits are more in line with personality traits that are... Need, needed, yeah. needed to become successful exactly so uh, i'm trying to think i think maybe this isn't the word he used but uh it's the same gist is that women on the whole are more passive than men yeah and he kind of says this and with absolute certainty as though this is a genetic difference mm-hmm. and when women have been oppressed for this long i really struggle to see how you can how you can scientifically say that this is the case that this is a genetic difference because i mean did the measurements start uh prior to the oppression they didn't so he he states this uh, argument as if it's complete fact that these uh, personality differences are genetic but there's absolutely no way you can measure this considering Mm -hmm. the oppression of the past it's uh yeah so that's why i think the argument starts to fall apart apart he's saying that uh, these are genetic differences and then we should try and model society around these genetic differences. Yeah. But I, I say that uh, that's not how oppression works in a sense. That's not uh, how inequality works. You see uh, inequality with race as well. And you say, okay, I mean, if you look at some statistics between uh, African-American and uh, white American males, you'll def- I mean, I, don't, I haven't done the research, but I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if there were some significant differences there as well. But would you exactly. say that's genetic difference? Yeah, or is it just, a, it's just a, relative, it, like situational. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Is it a difference that's arise from uh, hundreds of years of oppression? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think the argument starts to fall apart. But yeah, I, I, I like his, um, mm-hmm. his, what he said about women being more passive than men. Mm-hmm. I feel like, again, I don't know if this has been researched before. I don't know if it can be, but mm-hmm. I would, again, I wouldn't be surprised if men have more of an ego than women. I think I think that's fair to say, right? Like, well, in this society, not... yes. But yeah. are you saying is that genetic or is that? Yeah, that's the what I mean. I I, yeah. I think it's cultural because Excellent. I know more smart women than men in my life. <laughs> so, um, so I don't I don't know if it's 
situational or if it's because of the society and the way we're raised. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like men would be more embarrassed if they didn't reach a high position, whereas women mm-hmm. can be the bigger person exactly. and, be, and again, be more passive and say, right, do I want to be successful to show everyone or do I want to be successful for myself? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And Aaron as well mentioned a very good point how if you walk into an interview and you're tall and white, I don't know if it yeah. was Aaron, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, if you're tall and you're white, yeah. you've instantly like passed like 50% of what they want yeah. without them even knowing that they want that. It's just... Exactly. It, and that really needs to be changed to... Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not how it should be. Exactly. It's like a subconscious bias that people have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these that's the subconscious biases are arise from these cultural differences, I think. I think what it is is... I mean, I can't say for certain. Maybe there, I mean, we can see there are some definite biological differences with men and women when mm-hmm. it comes to physical strength and things like that. Yeah. And I'm not going to argue that's cultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so maybe it is the case that there are some genetic differences with personality traits as well. I'm not excluding that as an argument. I'm just saying that he hasn't definitively proved that and he's basing his entire argument upon that. Uh, but yeah, as you were saying, that the, when you're coming to a higher hire people and they're looking at how successful people are there's Mm -hmm. obviously going to be this subconscious bias and i think that in america especially there's a lot of positive discrimination happening yeah and they're really working to try and fix this gap Mm -hmm. but i think that uh, i think honestly we talk a lot about the issue and i think nobody uh, disagrees about the issue but i think we need to talk more about the solution as well yeah Um, i think that one way uh yeah that means scandinavia was the example that jordan peterson uses and he says that they really tried to push gender equality but uh, I'm not sure exactly how they did it but he kind of assumes that the way they did it is the right way and they did everything they can to do it perfectly mm-hmm. and and it's failed so yeah, because Scandinavia tried it and failed it, it's not possible and I think that's a bad argument as well I mean maybe yeah the first time didn't work but are you gonna but maybe, maybe, maybe the second time would work you know like maybe the second time where maybe their approach was wrong in the first place exactly yeah so I think Maybe one way to go about it, it would be to, for instance, these uh, the FTSE 100 companies you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you made a requirement by law that uh, I'm not sure, I think it's 49 to 51 the population, men mm-hmm. to women. Yeah, but if you made the sure that uh, these companies, especially in a very capitalist society like America, uh, where the these companies uh, to an extent have more power than the government. Yeah. Or, I mean, not, but yeah, just as much power as the government or as much influence as the government. Influence, maybe. yeah. Yeah. And when you're talking about people in positions of power, you're talking about people uh, in CEO positions of these companies. If you made a law may, making sure that the population was reflected in these in these companies, yeah, that would be that written. would start to trickle down and that would try to change the culture. It's yeah. like the same argument for the guns in America. It's like, well, yeah, guns don't kill people. Pe- uh, people people do. People. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, when you look at in the uh, UK, for instance, this, the crime rates are much lower. The gun killings are much lower. And yeah. The argument they put forth is, uh, as well, yeah, but if you take away the guns, then uh, then no. the criminals will have the guns and we won't, so we're going to be in more danger. Exactly. But the, the actual real argument is what you need is a change in culture, and the change in culture will... Uh, will be reflected in the change in statistics. And it comes down to here as well. You need to start with the change in culture, I believe, and then that will trickle down through the rest. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that 100%. The culture needs mm-hmm. needs to change. Exactly. And I feel like, especially with, even with Black Lives Matter, the movement now, 
I feel like that's had such a big effect that other issues will now be seen as much as well. Exactly. Oh, well, hopefully it is anyway. Who, you know, yeah. well, we're not in the government, who knows? <laughs> but um, yeah. shall we end it there? And we'll see you guys in the next episode, I guess. Right. That was good. It's good talking to you anymore. <laughs> and it, like, we haven't spoke for ages. And then <laughs> no. we, have, we have to speak about feminism. <laughs> That's just the, but this is actually a good way for us to keep in touch. That's why I really yeah, it's a sick way. It's a sick way. Yeah, even yeah. just listening to the podcast. Oh, I love listening to the voice. Yeah, yeah. I I think I'd prefer like funnier ones where they talk just yeah. about random shit. Yeah. Those would be good. Yeah.